Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, the podcast your mom warned you not to get involved with at youth group. I'm Tori, (laughs) and I am a former Christian, former evangelical, former Republican, former all of the things on that side of the aisle, and happy to be out of that shit, not chained up anymore, since we're speaking of slavery. (laughs) Sorry, I also have a (laughs) co-host. Oh, gosh. (laughs) <laughs> yes i i my name is justin i i was a former all the things and a former pastor so i i led people in these things and and this is this this podcast is my penance maybe this is my, my making amends i should say yeah um, penance makes it sound like you don't want to do it yeah no i do want to do it i'm making amends yeah. joyful amends if you will um, yes, there we and go. yeah, I'm quite, quite happy to not be those things like that's, you know, they kind of warned us like, oh, the slippery slope, like the slippery slope is fun. Like, love me a slippery slope. Yeah. So yeah. Fair. it's a good time. So and, and the bottom is great, too. So it's fine. The, the bottom of the slippery slope. I don't great. like I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> oh, OK. It's like it's going to be one of it's those fine. nights. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little, I see, I'm a little bit happy. I'm a little bit giddy. Um, because you got today we're, well, we're recording on November 7th. This is election day across the country. My current home state, I guess, I guess home state of Ohio so far. I mean, who knows what will happen between now and, you know, whenever, but so far, uh, we've voted to enshrine the woman's right to bodily or I, I, well, I should say all humans right to bodily autonomy into our constitution. So that's great. And also legalizing cannabis, which is great. So, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. And uh, yeah, so I'm happy about that. Um, And and, you know, I'm, I'm happy for a political bright spot. You know, expecting many of those going forward, to be honest, you know, yeah, I'm going to savor it where I can for sure. Uh So we have a new speaker of the house who apparently uses uh, some some software with his son uh, to monitor their porn use. That's that's a delight. Yeah, we've got a new like Christo fascist speaker of the house. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's he's a problem. I don't I don't know. Have you ever I have to ask, have you ever used this? I think we're pretty pro porn if you want to get involved with like that 
as long as it's ethical. But like, as a pastor, yeah. is this like something you have to do? You just like have to sign up for it or whatever? No. Um, oh, okay. No. Cool. I, I was more of a triple X church man myself. I used that oh, one occasionally. I see. Um, I see. Okay. But honestly, I just like, well, okay, my limited use of these programs, like, they're not very great at like parsing out what is porn and what's not. Like, if you go to Reddit, like, it's like, Oh yeah, well, Reddit's the word got sex everything is in flagged. Reddit, so it's like pretty much everything you click on Reddit, even if you're like, it's like oh Reddit, you know, the, you know, Wait, it's like I mean, of course your really? accountability, yeah, like at least the, oh, when wow. I, when I was using it, it was it seemed it felt like it was too sensitive, like it was just like you're churning out these like lists of sites. Maybe they're they're probably better by now. Um, I mean, who knows? It's probably powered by AI now that looks at the porn for you. Um, <laughs> I don't. I just I, the the story this week I, that we're trying to talk about is you know Mike Johnson, which I'm sorry, like what kind of AI generated like Christo fascist like politician is Mike Johnson? Like I don't know. Like it's just it. It's like they decanted him out of like a Republican think tank. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, like he's like, anyway. Like yes, I mean they did um, actually. That is actually what happened. That, yeah, he, yeah, he did come from a Republican think tank. But so he apparently his accountability partners with his son and they both have this program on their phones and stuff, you know, to keep them from looking at porn. I, I mean, I hate to break it to you, Mike, but your son's looking at porn like you, you just you just don't know it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, it's, it's also weird because his son is 17 and like he's 51. And I just I like I can't imagine like with my son like i don't know being hey. that intimately involved in his porn use like i just not like <laughs> it just feels weird or him being that intimately involved in my porn use like yeah I, no. it seems seems really odd and yeah i mean like it 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 all seems very odd in terms of like there's a pretty big i think that my issue with it actually is that there's a really big power imbalance there mm-hmm. like you're an authoritarian evangelical parent. Like your son is not keeping you accountable. Like, sorry, he's just not. <laughs> yeah. I will also say, cause it matters. The infamous late Josh Duggar who was arrested uh, in 2021 for child pornography because he's a sick fuck was able to bypass the covenant eyes software by using a uh, network that wasn't monitored by the program. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, Mike, if you're listening, we know you are. Your son, if you're if your son wants to watch porn, he's watching porn. Sorry, you are too. Like, quit playing. This is so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, and and like, yeah. Again, like this podcast, we're relatively pro porn, with the caveat that it's ethical and this, that, and the other. But just like, generally, like porn. Like you know, people. People are going to watch what they're going to watch and enjoy what they're going to enjoy. And it's okay, like within a certain within reason. So it's like, I don't know why it's weird. The the kind of stigmas that we have in this country and the weird, like, you know, like it's like Mike Johnson has to put on this like face of like, I've never viewed porn. Porn's this disgraceful thing. I have covenant eyes with my son. And it's like, you, you sound ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, like you'd be sound less ridiculous if you were like, man, I really love porn. I like it. <laughs> That's true. 
you know? Like It's true. It's true. You'd also sound less ridiculous if you were like, yeah, my pastor or my wife monitors my porn use. Like anything, but your son, it's just mm-hmm. so you get to watch porn and he doesn't. That's like all that means mm-hmm. on like your official family devices. And again, it took your son three and a half minutes to get around the Covenant Eyes app or whatever it is that y'all downloaded. And that includes like watching the YouTube video on like what to do instead. So mm-hmm. how to, <laughs> you're dumb. Yeah, there's how to get around Covenant Eyes. I'm sure. Yeah. There's- yeah. And there's like, um, I think this is really, this is really interesting. And it didn't occur to me until right now, but there's this really interesting thing about how evangelical parents do not like they sincerely think their kids aren't doing anything wrong because we just learn to be sneaky and yes. they're dumb. <laughs> like they're mm-hmm. just not bright. They don't understand how people work. Yeah. And I'm I'm really, I'm really fascinated by this all of a sudden that they're just like, they literally trained us to start sneaking around when we were toddlers so that we wouldn't mm-hmm. get the shit beat out of us. And then you're like, Oh, my kids are so good. And my son has a clean slate. He's never looked at porn in his life. Like, you're just, you're wrong, bro. Like, the real world exists. <laughs> Maybe you should acknowledge mm-hmm. it at some point. But, I mean, they're not going to. So, whatever. Well, and circling back to the speaker of the house, I'm not really comfortable with a third-party software company having like access to all of the communication on the speaker of the house's electronic device. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge security threat. Big security threat. This is like, you know, when Trump had that like ancient Samsung phone that he was tweeting from as the president, it was like, like, I, I just feel like when you get to that level of power, like you don't get personal devices anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. You, just you don't, don't get personal devices. And honestly, like you, it's, you know how people get like just randomly drug tested for work. Like if you work for, if you're like in Congress, if you're a member of Congress, like you get randomly like hard drive searched by the NSA, like fuck yourself. You do not get to do whatever you want. You ask for this job. Yeah. (laughs) You wanted this job. Part of this job is like giving up a certain amount of privacy or convenience. Yeah. So that like your shit doesn't get hacked. Right. Like, right. You know, like, yeah. and, and, and that's, the, it's the whole like, but her emails thing. I'm like, y'all mm-hmm. have just as lax cyber, cyber security policies, if not more. If not you more know? so, because you think shit like this works and you think it's not a security threat. Like, you don't mm-hmm. have any, you don't have any operational security. You don't have any infosec. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and again, it's like one of those things like, yeah, we're, we're just taught to hide. Like we're taught to hide, we're taught to to run, we're taught to mm-hmm. like sneak. Got Which, really good at it. Once again, I think probably plays a really big role in like the current Republican Party that we're seeing right now. That behavior, it's like you're not taught to be a good person. You're taught that you're actually a really, really bad person. Just don't let anyone see it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. then it's you like causing someone good. to stumble or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, which is why, like, I mean, it's, you know, like last week or the week before we were like not surprised when random megachurch pastor 
falls Mm -hmm. or random politician, you know, conservative politician falls, like not surprised. Mm. Same for, same for pastors. You just randomly Mm -hmm. get your, your computer searched whenever someone feels like it. That's it. You don't get to have that authority and have access to any device that you want without somebody looking over your shoulder. Like you need to know someone's going to look over your shoulder. That'd be fair. (laughs) I think, I think it would. Yeah, and not like a casual search. The casual right. search in like encourages sneaking. Like, no, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're gonna get some anonymous motherfucker to come yeah. through your shit. Yeah, no, seriously, like use the fucking NSA. <laughs> We've got the tech for this, <laughs> yeah. and also they have security clearances, and also they don't have to ask your fucking permission if it's mm-hmm. part of their job. So you mm-hmm. don't know when somebody's gonna be coming through your computer or your cell phone, like. I bet Matt Gates's computer is. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, probably several consecutive life sentences, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, like you want to keep that shit private. Don't hold public office. Yeah. Easy. Simple as that. <laughs> like. Totally fine. The um. Yeah. Mm, there was some. There was some. <laughs> there was some old politician, and I think Montana. I think he was like the speaker of the house or something similar to that in Montana, um, the Montana state legislature. And he just, I think he was just convicted. I can't, I don't know if he was convicted or if he was just charged with again, like child pornography. It's like family dude. He's been in there for 20 years. You know, he's a Republican and it's just like, this is a pattern. Mm-hmm. Like the house is rotten. Right. Like, it is. It's just rotten. And I mean, I'm not going to say that Democrats are perfect in any way, but it's like, I don't see this shit happening with near the frequency. And it's well, not because we're all lizard people. Like, No, I mean, I think that it's like you actually will be punished. Like if you don't get forced out, like, like Al Franken, for example, if you don't mm-hmm. get forced to resign by the Democrats, like they're still going to talk about your shit. I mean, what's his face? Bob Menendez. Like the Republicans mm-hmm. have been going after this dude for years and they finally got him on something illegal. I, from what I understand, again, like I don't think he's actually been charged with a, with a crime. He's mm-hmm. just been accused. But, but it's, not like, it's not like people are like, oh, just give him a pass. It's fine if he was whatever, like trafficking girls or cocaine or whatever mm-hmm. it was the Republicans are con- a- accusing him of previously. I think now it's just like tax just tax evasion which they can't really get mad about because like they do it too so mm-hmm. um <laughs> like, yeah no i wouldn't i would not by any stretch say that that republic or democrats have their shit together no but democrats know that like their asses will get kicked out potentially which i suspect impacts your behavior <laughs> yeah like i mean uh, yeah I, it's not that these scandals don't happen it's just that it's like we don't stand by you when that shit happens. Right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the sexual assault and fraud and election stealing allegations against air Trump continue. And yet somehow support increases. I don't understand this. And and now we have an election denier and the speaker of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that what that means. Yeah. So, I mean, at least he's only third from the president. I guess. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, 
parents like just just talk to your kids about porn like <laughs> just like don't be weird about it and yeah. uh and don't like install third-party software like i don't know protect them from like the dark stuff but like that's just what a good internet filter is for like just, yeah totally okay. i mean you can you can i think that yeah you should talk to your kids about the fact that like certain kinds of porn will get you sent to fucking jail so uh mm-hmm. don't like that's just just don't so yeah but i mean like there is ethical porn that exists you might have to pay for it but it's better than going to prison it's true (laughs) i think i think it's better than going to prison i would certainly rather pay for my porn than go to prison (laughs) just speaking for myself Mm -hmm. yeah good times i just realized i'm like oh i'm gonna have to like have that conversation with my kids pretty soon. <laughs> Not excited about yeah. that. Oh, well. I'm sure you will do a fantastic job of that conversation. Better than Mike Johnson, for sure. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that poor child. Yeah. Hope he doesn't grow up to become a fascist. Let's hope not. But in the meantime, we're going to break for capitalism. And then after that, we're going to talk about Galatians again, because because why not? (laughs) If there is a God, he hates us. That's why. (laughs) And we're going to have to listen to this damn book. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, thanks so much for taking that little capitalism break with us. If you would uh, like to support the show monetarily and get ad-free versions of the show, as well as um, ask access to our Discord, go to patreon.com slash gohomebible. And I'll give you all the stuff there. You can also get a life verse, which we read here. We, we give it to you. Well, God gives it to you through us, your anointed mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm. And it's yours forever or as long as you want it. But yeah, so thank you so much uh, for all of our patrons and all of our listeners. Um, if you can't be a patron, that's fine. Five-star reviews and shares are free. Um, we would love to you know, extend the reach of the show. Really thank you for all of your support. So today on the show, we are going to, we're going to tackle Galatians again. Uh, a second time so for the last Galatians, time for the last time yes we did galatians one through three and uh, see here's the thing i actually i am i'm enjoying i i in a weird way i am enjoying going back to this because it was like oh galatians what a great book and it's like mm, no no this is just word salad <laughs> this is a lot of word salad like like this isn't theologically robust this is this is just oh, just a lot of just cosplaying of i don't know like taking some vaguely jewish ideas and like dressing them up in like greek thought and then throwing jesus at them like it just it just it feels weird and so i'm glad you're on this journey with us because we would get to all revisit this together so uh so we we tori and i were brainstorming a conundrum 
And we kind of jokingly said, would you rather, you know, like hear Paul lecture to you for hours on end about whatever? And then we just kind of jokingly said, or go straight to hell. And I think, I think, yeah, if you were faced with an eternity with Paul and faced with an eternity of like. Without Paul? Without Paul. (laughs) I feel like there's an obvious choice here, but. We'll let you decide, dear listeners, um, what you how you would choose to answer that conundrum. It's good um, stuff. So yeah, Galatians. Uh, we're going to be in chapter four. Just as a brief recap, Galatians was probably one of the earliest books of the New Testament written. It's probably one of the few, what, what most scholars would say, authentic letters of Paul, meaning the consensus, historical consensus is that, yes, Paul wrote this. And you know, do with this what you will. I mean, some folks say that Paul didn't write anything. I mean, I, I tend to not be that liberal in my scholarship, but you know, yeah, sure, Paul wrote this, um, and it represents his thought at the time. Uh, I don't think he ever thought it was going to be scripture. I honestly think that maybe he would be like horrified at, that <laughs> we're still reading it and trying to gain meaning out of it. I'd like to think mm-hmm. that maybe, mm-hmm. but I'm horrified that we're going to do this. Yet here we are. These are the sacrifices we make. Yes, indeed. So the first half of the book is essentially Paul kind of ranting um, about his authority and about like how he's the best of the apostles, um, how he, you know, even confronts the apostles and how the gospel that he gave the Galatians is the real one. And no one else gives the real gospel like except Paul. It feels very um, feels like he's trying to convince himself. Yeah, I a mean, little bit. People, it feels like he's trying to convince himself. Egomaniacs, narcissists, you know, generally unhealthy people tend to have to convince themselves of their own hype constantly, and and recruit other people and can and and believing their own hype. So possibly that's what's going on there. So so yeah, he launches into his whole "you foolish Galatians" da 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 da, and then now he's going to kind of make a very convoluted play at trying to like make the gospel make sense. And we're going to decide at the end if, if the gospel he succeeded. makes sense. If he succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sweet. So I'm going to read from the international, new international version. Again, I'm just going to kind of read a bit and then we're going to comment and then we're, you know, we'll, we'll skip some stuff too. And we'll see. And it, you know, it starts out with this real banger. This chapter four starts out with this. What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he too is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate. That's really starting off strong. Thanks Paul. for that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Got they it. They are subject to guardians and trustees until the time of it's uh, is set by his father. Um, this is so okay. Also, can I just say this yeah. is really this is like saying. So when you're a kid, you can't get your driver's license, but you get your driver's license when you turn 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, okay, yes. Agreed. That is what happens. Mm-hmm. Why are That's you sharing this with us? How yeah, is this pertinent um, to the gospel? And 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 also like like why is it why why are you just gonna punt to slavery there, Paul? Like top of mind. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he he does this thing, and you know this is where you know like we, we the custodian that we had was the law, and then now we have this new thing. So that's the kind of his little his little rhetorical device here. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental, oh, here we go, under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. 
sounds, well, that sounds kind of fun. Sounds exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but then the set time would come. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption into sonship. I don't know, Tori, were you excited about receiving your adoption into sonship? <laughs> what is gender? What is gender? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know what this means. I mean, I mean, this to me, I feel like this is a rather pro-trans passage of scripture. Mm, um, that's true. You know, all yeah. people, regardless of how they were born, will become sons. Um, <laughs> so great. I, you know, I mean, it's it, it's pro-trans in a twisted way. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's it's there. So because you are his sons, uh, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. See, okay, here, like, Paul says this very matter of factly as if it makes sense. But because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Like, okay, I, if I was to look at my son and say, because you are my son, I send the spirit of my son into your heart. <laughs> I feel like he would have a confused look on his face. He, oh there's God. just a lot of things that Paul says, like, oh, this goes without saying. It's like, no, I'm going to need you to spell this part out. <laughs> this is like, um, oh, my God. No, this reminds me. So Michael, Michael Hobbs has this quote about Jordan Peterson that I love. And he goes, everything that Jordan Peterson says is either. What, how did he put it? He's like, everything Jordan Peterson says is either wrong or obvious. Mm-hmm. Like, it's obvious or wrong, and I feel like this mm-hmm. is how Paul works, too. Yeah. The Spirit calls out, Abba, Father, so you, you, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So it's good you can be a child, but not be an heir. Check. Mm-hmm. Got that. Got it. Cool. <laughs> so, you know, you did not know God, you were slaves. I mean, so, okay, so, I mean, the slave stuff is just, he, this is piling it on here. Paul has a kink. I think that's very obvious. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably good. I imagine um, a lot of Romans had this kink, actually. You know, I mean, they were really into the slavery, the, you know, the whole humiliation kink. Like I feel being, like I feel like yeah. it was real popular back then. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I. You know, I'm I'm not gonna say you're wrong. But now that you know God, or rather, are known by God. <laughs> How is it that you're turning, you know, basically like you're turning your backs on God? Do you wish to be enslaved all over again? You know, you are observing special days and months and seasons and years. How is that slavery? I I don't know. I fear for you. The calendar Uh, is slavery. Like. (laughs) To Paul. Like, I mean, well, I I think this is where evangelicals get comparing everything to slavery. Mm. um, Because Paul compared everything to slavery. Yeah. Everything yep. I don't like is slavery. Um, <laughs> uh huh. I think that that is. I think that is correct. Like sometimes I just like to light a candle on a special day. It. No one's making me do it. You're a slave to the candle, Justin. Yeah. You need to repent. Apparently, you know, wanting to celebrate Samhain or Yule or something makes no. I, I did that on my own. Thank you, sir. Anyway. But you're not doing it like Paul. It literally well, says. See, yes. You should become Go like ahead. me. That's what he writes. He writes yes. those words. He's like, why aren't you like me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I think he just took Jesus' words of like, like you should become like me. He's like, no, they should become like me. (laughs) It kind of seems that way. It does. Yeah. Although he wasn't around for Jesus, so how would he know that Jesus said that? Yeah, rumors. Rumors. His his three years in the desert meditating on his navel. And, you know, and he's like, oh, because of an illness, you know, even though my, I basically he's like, you know, an illness, I first preached the gospel to you. We don't know the nature of this illness. Uh, and even though my illness was a trial to you, <laughs> I imagine Paul sick was a real hot mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like it was an eye thing. So that's gross. <laughs> Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel from God, <laughs> as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Like Jesus, Paul, like God, with the ego on this man. Uh, where then is your blessing of me now? <laughs> oh Bro, oh my God, calm down. Yeah, I can testify. Yeah, okay, I'm skipping ahead. So like, you know, he's talking about these people that are zealous to win you over. And like these people are, to be, honestly, these, you know, Jewish Christians that are trying to get them to practice in, um, Jewish practices, which like I... Just kind of pulling back the like, you know, this is theory crafting. This isn't stuff that I, you know, is necessarily true. But, you know, um, the Jewish faith had a like a bit of political freedom in the Roman mm. Empire and that like it could be practiced. It, you know, they didn't necessarily at times at least didn't require Jewish folks to pray to the emperor, let's say. Or, like they had kind of like a, a didn't quite work this way, but just like a way to describe it is like this is a chartered sanctioned religion that can be practiced within the Roman Empire. And it's, you know, it's fine. Right. And there were some forces within early Christianity that were like, we actually need to maintain our Jewish identity because we don't want to be seen as people that are a threat Mm, to the empire. Interesting. So you kind of see these kind of earlier books that are like, you know, you can do anything you want and be a Christian. And then some later letters are like, Almost like, you know, a lot of the um, household codes that come in later um, in Mm. like Ephesians and Colossians where it's like, you know, you know, husbands love your wives, wives be slaves to your husbands or whatever. Those are actually almost word for word, like plucked from like Roman treatises on how a household should be formed. There's like some nuances here that make them a little bit different. And those nuances are, are interesting if you're into like real nerdery. But there were kind of forces that were like, we need to kind of look Roman and we need to kind of look Jewish it, really just to kind of fly under the radar. Right. Exactly. So we're not making any um, trouble. So we're not making any trouble, you know, because there were movements, social movements, um, feminist, some feminist movements, even in the Roman empire at this time that had gotten put down pretty harshly. So I think that some of it's self-preservation. Some of it's just, it makes sense that people would come along and be like, Hey, maybe be a little Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's, and again, I say Jewish as an ancient historical, like I'm not talking about Judaism today or anything like that. And just those kind of forces were at work at, at this time. Keeping Christianity under the umbrella of Judaism was mm-hmm. more likely to, I guess, yeah. Keep people safe. Hopefully, yeah, you know, yeah. keeping people from, like trying not to stand out from the crowd because it does seem like Rome didn't like that unless you were the emperor. So, yeah, yeah. And, and even once that became not something they felt like they could do or something they wanted to do, because as it began spreading to, you know, Gentiles, it was like, OK, but like, you know, we're going to adhere to some of the more, you know, we're not going to upend the social order. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So slaves obey your masters, and you know, mm, yeah. wives stay married to your husbands because you know there were people. I mean, we saw in like first and second second Thessalonians, kind of we kind of joked in seminary that the theme of first Thessalonians is Jesus is coming back soon, um, and then the theme of second Thessalonians is but not that soon um, mm, because. Yeah. It's yeah. like it makes this case in the first one. And then the second one's like, whoa, don't quit your jobs. Like, like Yikes. you need to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not coming back uh, that soon. Still not. Nope. Nope. Yeah. If you quit your job in the first century waiting on Jesus to come back, I, I hope you got your money refunded to you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and then, and then, of course, Hagar and Sarah, you know, a, a famous story about social equity. Um, right, right. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and the other by a free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh. And, you know, so he goes on basically saying <laughs> the, like... The other one wasn't. Yeah. Isaac wasn't born according to the flesh. He was just yeah, a spirit born child. as a result of def- defined purpose, which, you know, like the soul, like Hagar, Sarah rivalry, you know. So Ishmael didn't have a soul and Isaac was just a spirit child. Is that what this mm-hmm. is? Okay. Yeah. Cool. He's like a star child. Um, uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, just basically like. You know, this son of divine purpose is better than the one of, you know, human and the law is human. And it's just he just makes this argument. But like this is contradicting what Jesus said too. Mm, like, yeah, you know, Jesus is like, I've not come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill the law. Like, I mean, he's kind of like saying like, ah, the law is no good. So let me get to verse five, chapter five, you know, which is, you know, John Eldridge's favorite verse for it is freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Which, again, it's like there's there's so much slavery imagery here. But then like a few letters later, he's like, slaves, you need to stay slaves. Like, Also, so that's like not the, how slavery works. Yeah. It's like. I mean, maybe it was back then you could like sell yourself into slavery. But like that's at least I, I, like language wise nowadays, like that is not how slavery works. Yeah. So it doesn't really, as a translation, it feels weird to me now. But it's like, oh, don't mm-hmm. submit to slavery again by choice of your own volition. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, got it. Won't do that. Thanks. Yeah. And then like, mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, which again, like we were talking about moon festivals here a second ago and seasons. Now you're talking about circumcision. Christ will be of no value to you at all. Like wrong. Well, I mean, Disagree. interesting because like most Christians in the United States are circumcised. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I would I'll say most, to them. most Christians in the United States, Christ has no value at all. So maybe Paul has mm, a point. Mm, um, okay. I like this. You fair, weaponized fair. it. Cause I was gonna be like, that's not how it works, but um, I'm going to make it work that way. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Christ has no value to, you know, Mike Johnson at all. Um, Mike or his Johnson. Again, Mike or his Johnson. Yes. 
again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is uh, obligated to obey the whole lot. You know, and again, like Paul's making this case, like, oh, well, if you're going to be obligated to a little bit, you got to be obligated to all of it. Is this like hyperbole, um, though? Yeah. Or is I he being serious? <laughs> You know, because again, like there was, there was still, there was still laws and, and there were, um, things that they had to do as Christians. It wasn't just like, do whatever you want. You know, right. they still said abstain from sexual immorality. There were still things that they asked people to do, you know? So for in Christ, there's neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. But again, if it has no value, then just let people do with their dicks what they want, Paul. Like... The only thing that counts is faith is expressing itself through love, which, I mean, that's a nice sentiment, but like when you pair it with the circumcision, it's weird. (laughs) And I, and I love that like Paul then starts using these play on words. You were running a good race who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth. Um, Um, (laughs) yes, totally. Thanks, Paul. And, and yeah, and then he he has this like fun little bit. He kind of goes on this rant, and then he's like, you know, these people that are telling you to circumcise yourself, I wish they would go all the, the whole way and just emasculate themselves. Which is like, I bet you want to see that, Paul. That would surprise yeah. me zero percent. Yeah, and again, like he wrote this and then went on and circumcised Timothy, like mm-hmm. shortly yeah. thereafter. Yeah. Also, there there were Christians who took this verse literally. So yikes. Yep. And again, like, this is why I think Paul would be horrified. Like, like he's kind of making a joke here. Like, and then for people to be like, take it so seriously that they'd be like, oh, maybe I should just cut my kibbles and bits off. Like, like I don't know. No. Yeah, it's, it's hard. To, it's hard to say. Yeah. So you were called to be set free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. See, and this is actually this is where I got so hung up on Christianity so many times Hmm. because they like it waxes poetic about you don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Christ has done everything like you don't have to obey the law like, you know, Christ has fulfilled it all. Great. Okay. Now here's a fuck ton of rules. Like, and it's like, make it make sense. And I spent years, I did seminary degrees, I became a pastor to try to make it make sense. Mm, And I'm just going to tell you now, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) I think that, so something that for me was really interesting in that, that tension there was figuring out how much of human behavior is literally just like invisible proteins floating around in your brain. Mm -hmm. And it was like realizing that these compulsions and behaviors that are just like natural to humans across the board and that Paul frames as like sin is actually like it's not something that you chose, you Mm -hmm. know, like you didn't choose to like wake up, go to work, have a cortisol dump and then like drink too much. That's literally just your biology. It's your body doing what it's supposed to do to protect you. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you're not acting in a great way to try to recover from that. Not a judgment statement. Just, you know, sometimes we behave poorly when we're maxed out and that's normal again and fine. So like realizing that it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is literally just biology. (laughs) This isn't about, Mm -hmm. it's not about sin. Like there are certain things that you your body does that you just, you can't 
control them. And I don't mean behavior, right? But I mean like your mental, like your headspace, right? Because that a lot of the time is like, well, you have a bad attitude. That's also sinful. Like the rules just never end. And there's no, there's no wiggle room, right? It's very like sort of cookie cutter or whatever that Mm -hmm. thing was that they used to like put people into to like torture them. Like whatever that machine was, they just like lock you in. (laughs) It's one of those. Yeah. So that was getting out of that, getting, moving away from that lens that Paul seems to have here or like the lens that I was taught that Paul has here and moving towards a, oh, legitimately some of this isn't a choice that I made. Like I didn't choose to sin and I'm like, oh, I'm beating myself up over whatever it is. How come I can't read the Bible every day? I have fucking ADHD. I don't read a book Mm -hmm. every day. That's the end of it. It's not a choice that I made. I'm not like thumbing my nose up at God or whatever. That's not what this is. If God wants to fix my ADHD, he can do that. He has such a huge mm-hmm. problem with me not reading the Bible every day. Yeah. So. Yeah. He can come down and fix this. Right. Anytime he wants. Yeah. And, and and Paul does say like, you know, like for the entire law is fulfilled by keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Like, I mean, thanks. They you cribbed from Jesus. They don't, they um, don't do that though. But the, yeah, they don't do that for <laughs> one at all. You know, and it's like, don't gratify the desires of the flesh. So it's like the flesh desires was contrary to the spirit. But it's just like. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, well, that's vague, actually. Impurity, that's vague. Debauchery, less vague, but still not defined. Idolatry and witchcraft, a little more specific. Hatred, that's the GOP on any given day that ends in Y. <laughs> um, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, again, you know. You're you're describing the Trump campaign. Go on. Yeah. Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Which, again, like, fits of rage and and discord and jealousy and drunkenness and orgies. Like, I mean, well, I guess they kind of are a family of things. I don't, I mean, are they? It's like, it's weird because. Yeah. Paul does this thing where he does It's like a stream of consciousness of things I don't like. Right, but like everybody knows you're a stick in the mud, Paul. Like everyone knows you don't like fun, so (laughs) it's fun. But I I mean, I think that, again, like when Paul puts these little lists together or starts ranting, there's no, he doesn't parse it out between like stuff that is harmful for people, stuff that's harmful to other people, stuff that's harmful to yourself, and stuff that's harmful to God. It's just like, it's all the Mm -hmm. same, right? And, you know, God is really offended at you looking at porn but not offended by kids in Palestine dying. Yeah. Which again, like like, where does porn fit on here? Like (laughs) orgies. Yeah. Orgies, I guess. What what kind of porn do you watch, man? Orgy porn. So, but again, like, and we've talked about this before, like the fruit of the spirit, he goes on his love, joy, peace, you know, patience, kindness, goods, whatever, gentleness. But like, again, these aren't like well-defined, like, yeah. Like what is like, there's a lot of terrible things that evangelicals do under the banner of love. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I used to, I was, I had a pastor I worked for that just, he was no fun, uh, very much a stick in the mud. And I didn't enjoy working for him, you know, and, and it kind of showed on my face like, after a while. And he, uh, he assigned me, he said, you're not very joyful. I was like, yeah, 
He's like, you need like a joy mentor, like someone to mentor you in joyfulness. I was like, okay. So I picked like a college friend. And basically what we did is like we would get together and we would make fun of this pastor. And that was real joyful to me. Um, <laughs> so that was the extent of my joy mentorship. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I, you know, I'm like, I'm not joyful because I'm around you all the time. Like I have to deal with your bullshit all the yeah. time. But but like and but again, it's like it's this vague term, you know. Against such things, there is no law. Yeah, there's not a law against joyfulness because it's a vague term. Like the law enjoys specificity. Can I just like interject though? However, that like drunkenness and orgies are joyful, and you just made a law against them. So again, mm-hmm. you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty of love, joy, and peace in these things. <laughs> like, uh, and yet here you are. Well, I mean, there's not when Paul's in the room, so maybe. And honestly, like, I'm, let's just play this out for a second, Tori. I'm going to do this. Like, okay. I'm, I have, I have not myself partaken in an orgy, but I'm imagining in a well-run one, there's also a lot of patience and a lot of kindness and faithfulness and, you know, gentle self-control, I would imagine even to a certain extent. Like, you know, a lot of things are going on. You got to be mindful. Well, a lot of a lot of the fruit of the spirit, you mean, are going on. Yeah, the fruit of the spirit is present in this orgy. Is what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, not all of it. Not but all a lot of, of it, it. I would think, but a lot of it. Yeah, I certainly more than Congress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. More than most churches, actually. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, because you know orgies are consensual. <laughs> yeah, it's consensual. You got, I mean, I, see, here's the thing. Okay. So we're, 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 we're here. We're doing this. Yeah. We're talking about this. Yeah. See, like, I've just, I like, I feel like there's a lot of waiting for your turn. There's just, you know. <laughs> so yeah. So patience check. Where, where is it that I go? Like the, um, we need an orgy slash fruit of the spirit bingo card. Like, like a Venn like diagram. How, or... how many of them we can get. <laughs> Like, and and I imagine there's not a lot of self-control in most orgies, but I imagine also like, yeah, we, we work, this is consensual. So there is a certain amount of self-control involved. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there sort of, there sort of has to be. And I think that like, again, if you're using this, if you're using this lens of things that harm other people, things that harm me and things that like offend God because he's just a petty bitch and Mm -hmm. put all that under the same umbrella. That you you can't parse stuff like this out, and you're 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 a stick in the mud, essentially. Yeah. Like that's what you end up being when it's like, oh, okay, but like some of these some things that like people do legitimately find joy in and uses ways to legitimately blow off steam that aren't hurting anybody and aren't hurting God. Like, mm-hmm. if God is hurt by some of this stuff, like deal. Like, I mean, he could have he could have done something about it. I mean, and and in some ways, passages like this were things that like got me out of evangelicalism mm, because I, yeah. I really started being like, you know, when it comes to like marriage equality, like, mm. like if I mean, and and Paul even talks about this testing the spirits and like you know, my, I mean, Jesus talks about like measuring the fruit of different teachings and stuff. So it's like if I'm going to look at the functional result of two dudes living together for tax purposes and because they love each other, like there's nothing wrong with this. 
Right. Like cosmically, yeah. there's nothing wrong right. with this. Yeah. You know, like they're not hurting anyone. Like if anything, there is more love and joy and peace in the world because we allow this to exist. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. again, it just like it, and this is where a lot of conservative arguments begin to unravel, even looking at the Bible. Like, as problematic right. and weird as Galatians is, there's still enough in here for me to go like, yeah, I can disentangle a lot of evangelical bullshit from mm-hmm. the Christian faith <laughs> just simply by being like, is this loving genuinely? Like, right. right. Yeah. All right. Final chapter. <laughs> we did it. Almost. We're almost there. Almost. Oh, here we go. This is a fun one. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, again, sin vaguely defined, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. You know, like, it feels like he's speaking from experience here, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little too much. And, like, the last, I will say this, like, the last chapter of pretty much all of Paul's letters feels like a grab bag. Because it's like he's running out of paper. He's like, oh, shit, I got so many things to say. So he's like, restore each other gently. And then he's like, carry each other's burdens. This way you fulfill the law of Christ. Wait a second. I thought I fulfilled the law of Christ by loving my neighbor as myself. Now I have to carry people's burdens. Like, make up your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone thinks they're something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Like, it's just this random grab bag of stuff. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, the flesh will reap destruction. Does it? No, it doesn't. Like right. when I sow to please my flesh, it's delightful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I like maybe, yeah, Paul just doesn't like fun. So I think mm-hmm. that and he doesn't really parse that out from like his definition of sin. Yeah. So, and then, like, this is my favorite line in all of scripture, uh, verse 11, because apparently he's writing it himself. He's like, see what large letters I use as I write to you in my own hand. (laughs) We get it. You have poor vision. Like, yeah, yeah, check. (laughs) So, likely, likely what has happened here is um, Paul probably used a scribe where he would, like, dictate these letters and then someone would write them down. And it's possible at this point he took the pen from them to be like, see, I'm writing in my own hand. Wow. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. It's possible he wrote this one himself, too, and didn't use a scribe. But it's just it's interesting. Yeah. You had poor vision and probably mucus coming out of your eyes. Get that checked out. Uh, So those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. And again, like. You're conflating these people that want you to be more Jewish to those people that like want to have orgies. Like these aren't the same things, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Like, see, you have a persecution fetish, so that Mm -hmm. tracks. Now it all makes sense. Uh, Not even those who are circumcised keep the law. You know, he just goes on and on. You know. Uh, may I never boast except for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we get it. Neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation, which, okay, that's a great sentiment, actually. It is, but you just contradicted yourself for the third time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. 
strange uh, to just start <laughs> throwing that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from now on, let no one cause me trouble for I, you know, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Like, did you put them there yourself? Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's mm-hmm. weird. Real um, weird. Anyway. Totally. Yeah. So <laughs> he's he's like, I've been spiritually crucified. Yeah. It's the same. It's the yeah, same as Jesus. Like, Let's not, sweetie. I I think he cosplayed as Jesus a lot. Yeah. I mean, again, this is like very weirdly horny for very specific things. Yeah. It's like nobody's making you talk about any of this shit. Like you could have just kept your mouth shut. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you're you're telling on yourself here, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, okay. Enjoy that, I suppose. (sighs) Persecution. We love it. That's our favorite. Yeah. And, and again, like kind of those last couple lines are like, you know, they just don't want to be persecuted. Like, no, I think they just don't want Rome to kill them and everyone they love. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. You don't have anyone in your life, Paul. Who but, loves you that you yeah, love. Yeah. And that you love. <laughs> but some of us do. <laughs> and maybe we don't want to go out in your blaze of glory. Like, it's like, I don't know, like reading this again, it's almost like, is was he jealous of Jesus? Like. That Jesus got to go out in this blaze of glory and he didn't. And so he has this like martyrdom fetish. I don't, I don't know, but it's real contagious. Like they, they, a bunch of them still have this. And they're just like, mm-hmm. I'm being persecuted just like Jesus. Yeah. Like, well, and then now they're like, Donald Trump is just like Jesus being on trial. Like, no, no. That would no. mean every criminal who's ever been on trial is just like Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's if Trump is, then everyone is. Yeah, every criminal ever. Yeah, wild. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, well done with that. Yeah, thank God. I give this book a zero stars. I give it zero stars. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I worked for that zero star rating. Yeah, I mean, I'd give it like half a star, maybe. There's like a couple. There's a couple good lines. I think that the highest rating I would give any book in the Bible though is half a star. Yeah. <laughs> to be there's perfectly some good honest, in here. I mean, yeah, you can but... go. You can go and like scrape out like the actual good bits of the Bible. But as as far as I can tell, as someone who's read through the Bible several times, it's less than one percent. Hmm. And you could get that anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Also that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Unlike Paul, most of us could go into the desert for three years and come up with something better than this. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. I would have some real good shit. Like if you if you gave me three years, like Justin, we're going to we're going to feed you. We're going to give you a house in the desert. We're going to give you three years. So you're going to come up with a religion. All right. Within three days, I would have something better than this. <laughs> yeah. And okay. So this is making me wonder though, like how much of this, because Paul was so, you know, Paul was a Roman citizen. He was, you know, and, and Rome was everywhere, you know, even, even the like little backwater, whatever hollers that Jesus was born in and what have you. And Rome like cribbed a lot from Greece. Like it just, Paul couldn't separate himself from his culture. 
No. Which I think is interesting because we can't either. <laughs> it's it's not possible. Mm-hmm. But how often do, how often do we recognize that? Like how often does Paul recognize that? Yeah. You know, it's well, like there's so yeah. many stories or like the way that Jesus gets framed is very similar to like a lot of Greek and Roman deities in many ways. And I just wonder like how much like was that even would was he even trying to separate like make this huge distinction between like Christ or was he trying to use sort of like allegorical language or like trying to kind of invoke imagery that people already knew and understood because they were part of this broader culture like that to me i i really am sort of i'm curious about like that piece of mm-hmm. his lens that he's using to communicate with people yeah cuz starting something brand new is hard yeah and he uses a lot of like greek and roman imagery to like portray christ and you know i i think in my progressive christian days i saw that less as like paul saying this is how it is but more like this is an example of how we translate this very jewish concept mm. into a greek concept and then okay. we also now have the job of like translating this very jewish very greek concept into a very 21st century american concept mm-hmm. and how do we do that faithfully and i think so like dropping sacrifice and slave metaphors is one yeah you know yeah but there's there's other ways that you can still mean the same things, you know, communicate those ideas without using that language for sure. Yeah. But because we have this idea that like, well, the Bible is the word of God and we can't deviate from these words at all. We end up using these like old metaphors. We use them poorly Mm -hmm. and we end up, you know, yeah. Like spying on our son's porn use and calling it faithful. Like, you know, (laughs) and it's just like, that's it's no, sorry. I'm inclined to agree. That's, that's, That's weird. I like this. I like where we landed it. I mm-hmm. like that we have decided that the fruit of the spirit is more present at an orgy than in any church on any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that as well, you know, and I appreciate that we're now done with this book. Yes, indeed. I can tear it out now. Tear it out of my Bible. <laughs> Tearing out all the I think ones that's what that we've we should already do. done. <laughs> <laughs> when we finish a story or a book, we just tear we it tear out of it our out. Bibles. <laughs> Um, I don't know how well that would work because like, you know, pages and stuff, you'd be, I'd be missing whatever I'd be missing Ephesians or whatever. It's fine. You can, it doesn't, it does. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) Uh, we did it. Check. We're done. Alrighty. Well, thanks everybody for hanging out with us for a little bit. Hope you enjoyed it. This little dive in down memory lane and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. 
You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.